Vitamin D is sometimes called the sunshine vitamin, and it's critical to your overall wellness. Did you know it also has a big impact on your bone health? I'm Krista Lamb, and I'm your host for the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I'll be talking about vitamin D with Professor Wendy Ward, who is a kinesiology and health sciences professor at Brock University and a Canada Research Chair in Bone and Muscle Development. Professor Ward is a member of the Osteoporosis Canada Scientific Advisory Council, including as the chair of the research committee. Professor Ward's research focuses on prevention strategies to reduce the risk of fragility fracture during aging. She and her team are looking at how foods and food components regulate bone health. Their long-term goal is to develop nutritional strategies to prevent bone loss, preserve bone structure, and ultimately reduce the risk of fragility fractures. Welcome to the show, Professor Ward. Thank you for having me today. So your work has been looking at nutrients. Why are nutrients so important to helping preserve bone health? Well, nutrients such as protein and calcium are very important because they are the building blocks of bone. And we can think of proteins as providing a soft framework for a bone, while calcium becomes incorporated with those proteins and helps to give the bone strength. Another nutrient that we're interested in is vitamin D. It's also critical for preserving bone, but acts very differently from calcium and protein. And this is because it's not directly involved in the physical structure of the bone, but actually helps as a regulator. And it helps our body to absorb calcium so it can be available to our skeleton. And it also has a unique role in signaling the cells that are involved in building new bone and also signal cells to remove bone that may have become damaged. And so we know we should be taking vitamin D, but are we getting enough of those nutrients in food or do we need to be taking a supplement? Yes, definitely. It's really important to consume the recommended amounts of both vitamin D and calcium. Uh, if we can, I think I'd like to discuss calcium first. We know that an adequate intake of calcium on a daily basis is needed to help support and sustain our bone health. And there's actually a, a number of studies in older adults that have clearly shown that these adequate intakes of calcium can actually help to slow bone loss and lead to a lower risk of fracture for some individuals. And we're really fortunate that we have a lot of different food sources of calcium. Uh, I think we all know that our dairy foods are great sources of calcium and contain very high levels. So things such as milk and yogurt, but we also have fortified beverages such as orange juice or plant-based beverages that can contain a similar level of calcium as milk if the calcium has been added back to those products. Uh, other good sources are cheeses, uh, even salmon with bones. So we think about making a salmon sandwich and using the canned uh, salmon. If you're crushing the bones in there, you're also getting uh, very good sources of calcium. Also in cooked soybeans, those are a good source of calcium as well. There are also a number of other foods that contain lower amounts of calcium. And this is in foods such as a variety of greens and greens vegetables and beans, as well as some nuts and seeds. But I think what's important to remember is that not all food sources that list calcium as a nutrient are actually absorbed equally by the body. So the calcium in some foods and some examples would be sesame seeds, rhubarb, Swiss chard, um, spinach. These are not well absorbed in terms of their calcium because they contain a very high level of oxalate, which is naturally present in these foods and can bind the calcium. So it's not as available to our bodies as from other sources. But while these foods have other nutrients that benefit health, um, they still can contribute a little bit of calcium to our daily intake. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of food sources about calcium or for calcium, 
And if you're unsure about how much is in these foods, a really good resource is the calcium calculator that's on the website of Osteoporosis Canada. And I encourage you to look at that um, calculator and, and use it to figure out if you are meeting your daily requirement for calcium. And if you aren't, that's a good opportunity to look into supplement use and to have that discussion with your physician about the level that's appropriate for you. You'll never get too much calcium from your food sources, but potentially you could from supplements, and that's why it's best to discuss with a health professional. Wonderful. I just had a question because you mentioned oxalates, and I'm not sure I understood what that means. Could you tell me what, what that is? Yeah, so oxalates are just a natural component in these plants, and they have the capacity to bind minerals. And so that um, makes the minerals such as calcium less available. So you end up just excreting the calcium that's present in the food rather than having it be available to be absorbed into your body. Okay, that helps a lot. Thank you. Okay, so now we know a lot about calcium, but what about vitamin D? Vitamin D is quite different in that there are very few food sources that naturally contain vitamin D. In fact, you know, Osteoporosis Canada recommends that we all take a vitamin D supplement throughout the year. And in terms of those supplements, the best form would be vitamin D3 or cholecalciferol. We also know that a lot of multivitamins and calcium supplements contain some vitamin D, but the amounts can really vary. So it's important to read the label uh, carefully to know how much vitamin D are in those products. And if you're unsure, you know, speak with the pharmacist about um, the levels that are there. There are uh, a few foods that contain vitamin D through mandatory fortification. And this includes cow's milk and substitutes, also margarine and other things that are fortified with vitamin D could be uh, liquid diets, egg products, foods for use on a low energy diet, or some of the meal replacement products and nutritional supplements. But you would need to check on those products for the exact levels of vitamin D. We call vitamin D the sunshine vitamin, but are we able to get enough vitamin D from the sun alone? Well, the short answer to that question is no. Uh, in Canada, we don't get as much sun as we need for our skin to produce adequate vitamin D throughout the year. There's also concern about damage to the skin due to sun exposure. And also as we age, uh, the ability of our skin to make vitamin D decreases. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, there are very few food sources of vitamin D. And so Osteoporosis Canada recommends routine vitamin D supplementation for Canadian adults um, year round to make sure that we are meeting our requirements for vitamin D for bone health. And how much vitamin D do we actually need? Well, Osteoporosis Canada recommends that if you're a healthy adult between the age of 19 and 50 years, that you have an intake of 400 to 1,000 international units each day. And for individuals that are older, so if you're over the age of 50, or even if you're a younger adult who's at a high risk of vitamin D deficiency, you should receive 800 to 2,000 international units daily. Now, I've read that vitamin D can also be bad for bone health. So could you explain that? Yes, this is a very good question. And first, I think it's important to clarify that this question pertains to vitamin D supplementation. And certainly, we should make the point that we would never consume an unsafe level of vitamin D through foods alone. We have some recent data. There's a, a study that uh, has come out of Canada showing that when individuals were taking vitamin D supplements at levels that were much higher than those recommended by Osteoporosis Canada, that there actually is no added benefit to bone. 
and may in fact have some modest detriment to bone. So that has been a really interesting um, finding. And the authors of that study have concluded that further research is needed to determine whether higher intakes of vitamin D are indeed harmful. So I think at this point with the evidence that we have, um, it's important to stay within the recommended levels for vitamin D intake. This has been such an interesting conversation. And I wanted to ask if you have any last pieces of advice about vitamin D that you'd like to share with those living or at risk of osteoporosis. Well, I think when we think about vitamin D, and as probably has come through quite clearly with our, with our conversation we're having, is the importance of vitamin D for our bone health and that we are going to need supplements to make sure uh, that we are getting the right amount that we need for our bone health throughout the year. So, you know, it's an important conversation to have with your physician about the level of supplementation that is best for your situation. I think another piece of advice that I just generally like to tell people about eating and and foods and health is to eat well. And what I mean by that is making healthy food choices as often as possible. And remembering that foods that benefit bone health will also benefit other aspects of your health. That sounds like really great advice. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. If you'd like more information on vitamin D and bone health, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.